Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now, I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I am married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I, I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and, and I'm in a different part of the country. I, I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then. And you're re- Enacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? I got an interesting email this week. He said, I don't know what to do. I am beside myself because everything I have tried with my wife has resulted in failure. I read Help Her Heal. I'm reading Help Them Heal. She is not responding. What do I do? Signed, frustrated. Well, the truth is that if you're really doing what you're supposed to be doing and she's not emotionally available to you, then there's a really good chance that she's either so wounded that she 100% can't get over it. Now, that sounds so fatalistic, but there are women that have been so wounded that there's just no going back. And then there's the other women that are so wounded that they don't want to open up. They, they're still in that state of being so angry that the thought of connection and closeness because you're doing what you need to do just is not even uh, available to them. So what do I say? You keep doing the next right thing. You do it because you married for better or for worse and it takes an average of three to five years for a partner's brain to heal. So I don't know how much time you put into this. And maybe you're going to tell me you've put in 12, but my books haven't been out. Um, well, they're, Help Her Heal is now out for five years. 
and so be the best man that you can be. Stand in integrity and keep doing what's right, even when it looks like it's not getting you anywhere because it is the right thing to do. And we always say if the partner decides that she wants to terminate the marriage, that's certainly her option, right? But what we know to be true is that most women stick in it. And I'll tell you, most women I know want to make it work. So I'm sorry that you've got that kind of relationship because of the pain that she's in. Now, let me give you give some hope to the other couples that are listening. The truth is there's plenty of things you can do together. You know, at some points I ask partners, please stop looking at all the materials. Stop listening to all the podcasts. Try to do something that's actually fun and free from recovery and see how that feels in your relationship. I find that that is absolutely essential because oftentimes we have to be able to regain a little normalcy. And in Help Them Heal, I talk about that. Now, if you don't know about Help Them Heal or if you want to kickstart your relationship, I highly encourage that you take our workshop that is actually, let me look, let me look. Yeah, it's October 8th. It's from 10 to 6 Eastern Standard Time. And we're going to work on jump-starting your relationship. We're going to keep it to about 12 couples. And you are going to do some heavy-duty work. We're going to explain why this work works, why IRCA is the new model, for early recovery couples empathy work, and then we're going to have you do an intention statement. We're going to have you do a reality affirmation. We're going to have you do some grieving and anger work so that you can experience how to do that in a safe way. We're going to have you write a letter to the addiction, both of you, and read it to each other. You're going to do most of this work in front of other people. They're all in that same place, and I promise you there is so much value to having a community where you can do this work together. We're going to talk about post-traumatic growth and do some incredible exercises that builds on your own values as a marital couple before the betrayal and after. So you're really going to get a lot of opportunity to rebuild, renew, replenish your marriage, no matter what stage you're in. Whether you just found out about the discovery, whether you've been dealing with it for five, ten years, or whether it's, well, I won't say five or ten decades, but if it's three or four decades and you're still really struggling these exercises were meant for you. So again, get on my website, www.sexhelpwithcarolthecoach.com. It turns into help her heal, help them heal, and then 
look at the trainings and register for that October 8th workshop. I promise you, it will make a difference. It will catapult your relationship. You will be with two experts, Kim Hansen Petroni and myself. I mean, I'm telling you that in and of itself is pretty doggone lucky because we've done this work for a long, long time. And as a result, um, we want you to know that you really can make a difference, make it work. Now, my, my, I cut this incredible guest, and she is going to be calling into the show to talk about, boy, everything the partners go through, and especially she's going to be really working hard at helping you understand how not how to trust your husband and or how to tell if he's white knuckling it. So we're real excited to have her on. She's got hundreds of communities and I'm I'm here to say she can make it happen. Her name's Melissa Ruff, and she'll be on shortly. You know, there are so many different ways to help coupleships heal, and there's so many different ways to help partners heal. And we've got a variety of experts that can help you to do that, whether it's workshops like I'm offering in a couple weeks, whether it's communities like Melissa's offering. It's all about finding what fits for you. So, hey, Melissa Ruff, it is so good to see you and be able to talk to you and really, if you will, hear about your approach in working with partners. So welcome to Sex Health with Carol the Coach. Awesome. Thank you, Carol, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um yeah, I, I loved what you were saying already, just the, the community, right? That's something that is so needed in any type of healing, um, but I think especially when it's with betrayal in a marriage because then we as the wife can feel like we are the only ones going through this, right? And there's so much, there can be so much shame and um, just so much that happens in that that even doubles down in that isolation. And so that's why we um, at Live Free Wife just really try to offer an amazing safe community that is online um, and that also offers groups that you can join um, so that you can see people face-to-face as well and just really come alongside one another um, and just and walk that journey together. Yeah, it's a it's a good place good place to be. Well, I love the name uh, Live Free Wives. That's actually the name of her domain too, which is www.livefreewives.org. And you started this in a, in very much a grassroots way. It, it started out small. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of a build it and they will come. So tell our listening audience a little bit about how you made that happen. 
Yeah, yeah. So we originally, um, I, I worked alongside a man named Carl Thomas um, with Triple X Church a few years back. Um, and at that point in time, I was one of a few women that led a small group online for women that were married to men that struggle with sexual integrity. And Carl, um, for various reasons, stepped away from Triple X Church at that time and decided to launch the community for men called Live Free. And it's for men that are struggling with sexual integrity um, in any way. And they can join small groups and they can be in that community together and just like or really walk alongside one another. And so Carl and I were chatting and he um, and I both really thought what a great opportunity to also offer something for their wives because, again, it's, it, it's community, really, that is needed in a lot of times um, in this betrayal. And so I have walked through betrayal myself, and when I walked through it, I didn't have that. I didn't have people around me that knew what was really happening, at least not in a way where uh, there was any good advice given. Um, I didn't have women around me that had been there. Um, so it was something that I really missed in that in that time in my life. And so I didn't want other women to have missed it too. So Carl and I thought, okay, we're going to launch this for wives, but also we're not going to charge them because I think that that's another facet um, in this recovery journey for the wives specifically that, hey, we're already shelling out a ton of money for our husbands to get better, right? We're already shelling out a ton of money for counseling, for groups, for all of those things. I didn't want women to have to feel that they needed to pay even more to experience a community that was helpful and healing. So we just opened it up um, on Mighty Networks. It's such a great platform to use and uh, welcomed women that were already in small groups um, that I was leading along with those other ladies and welcomed anyone else that was wanting to join in that process. Um, now, because it is free, we do have some questions that you have to answer before you join just to make sure that you're indeed joining the right place and that no one else that isn't safe is joining that place. Um, but, yeah, it is, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing, um, and it slowly has grown from about 80 women in December of, I think it was 2020, to now almost 1,000. It's it's just boggles my mind. It really does, yeah. Well, and so I might have missed this. I know you offered it for free when it first started, but how much does it cost now to belong? Yeah, the community is still free. It is still free. We're still offering the entire community for free. The only thing that we charge for are those live small groups, and the reason for that is because there are trained leaders that we do need to pay to be there. Um, so that is a membership, and that costs right around $35 a month. So not horrible, right, um, and very, very doable for a lot of people. But the community itself, absolutely free. And I post a ton of resources in there monthly, um, varying from a blog piece that I write specifically to uh, ministry partner podcasts from people like yourself and um, some with Fight for Love and some with um, Peer Desire Ministries. 
Um, just we try to partner with as many people as we can that have the expertise, but also that same um, level playing field in terms of our belief systems around betrayal as well. Oh, I bet, and I just am so impressed with the fact that you can feel the passion in your heart, that you want to be there for partners. And I don't need to know anything about your story, but you said there really wasn't much available for you. And so I want to ask, what year was that for your own discovery? Yeah, yeah, you would think it was like decades ago, right? It wasn't that long ago. Honestly, I feel the whole betrayal trauma um, area has really boomed in the past couple of years, which is phenomenal. Thank God there's a lot more resources now. But my first discovery was in 2006. Um, granted, my husband had been struggling with this since he was eight years old, but my first discovery of it was around 2006. Um, and really, we didn't start reaching out for any kind of help until about 2011 because there just wasn't anything. Um, and 2011, praise God, the pastor that we did reach out to was our home pastor, and he actually knew what he was talking about. So it was, it was a wonderful thing. Um, and he's the one that, you know, told us, like, hey, counseling is a great thing. You, got, you guys both should be doing that. Um, and he got us in touch with Triple X Church. So that was our first experience with Triple X Church. And Triple X Church introduced us to um, just all sorts of ways and resources to be able to combat pornography addiction. Um, and then later on, the, the spousal part as well. Well, you know, I was thinking, obviously, Obviously, I have been training coaches and clinicians all over the world since 2017. And what I knew, I, I was not that much of an expert in Christian books that deal with this, but I was in terms of lay people. And uh, Lori Hall wrote the first book uh, that was not within the Christian realm. And it was called Affair of a Mind. And it was about a pornography, her husband. And I think that came out in about 2005. And then the next book was Marsha Means and Barbara Steffens. And they did Your Sexually Addicted Spouse. And then they created AFSAT, which was a partner-sensitive organization. Now, we knew ITAP had been around, an organization that certified sex addictions. But at the time, ITAP did not know that much about partner betrayal. And so they gave you some information, but they didn't really know much. Stephanie Carnes, the daughter of Patrick Carnes, who started the movement, um, she wrote Mending the Shattered Heart, and she wrote a workbook book for partners. But again, this community is exploding now. And mm. we've got so many good podcasts, so many good books, so many good programs. And if our listening audience wants to check out your website, they need to go to www.livefreewife.org. And there mm-hmm. are free resources on there for them, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes, there are. Yeah, free resources. Um, and like I said, it's a broad range. Um, I'll hop on there live sometimes and just take questions um, that anyone wants to field out there. 
Um, also, we have different articles from myself and our other ministry partners. Um, we have different um, podcasts that they can tune into and click on and listen to. Um, we have various, we have an entire page of the various coaches and counselors that we recommend um, as well with their ways to get a hold of them. Um, and also we have resource tools, which is by far my favorite thing because it is literally um, the most tangible thing. It's, it's a list of many different worksheets and exercises that women can do to begin that healing process. And it's anything from, you know, how do I become emotionally regulated? What does it look like when I'm triggered? How can I bring myself down? you know, back to a little more calm instead of being so heightened when I am triggered, um, all the way to, hey, my husband and I are having issues, you know, getting back in touch with one another, you know, once they're along in recovery a little bit, and we just don't know how to talk to one another. So we have, like, little questionnaires that you can print off and be able to ask your spouse and have those deeper, intimate um, conversations, along with Thanos. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Um, it's such a great way for couples to check in with one another and their recovery process and how they're feeling. Um, honestly, all of the resources that we offer, they're, they're free in there, again, aside from the small groups, um, but they are all aimed at helping a woman heal and helping them find out who they are because I think that's one of the biggest pieces that becomes um, damaged, right? It's our identity because a lot of times we're, we're wrapped up in our spouse, right? We're wrapped up in our marriage and, um, and sexuality, all of those things, and then betrayal happens and you're, you're just kind of at a loss. You're not really sure. And so a lot of the resources are aimed at finding your true identity. And, and because we're Christian, finding our true identity in Christ and, and not allowing the world or even our husbands to, to dictate that identity piece. Oh, I so understand that. And, you know, I just got done training two days, professionals, clinicians, um, on Unleashing Your Power, which is my book. And it's for partners. And I say in the book, that goal of the book is to get the partner not to be defined by partner betrayal to get her to a place where she can redevelop her own self and create more self-care and more self-compassion um, because she deserves that, especially after the wounding that has occurred and especially because she's probably got trauma brain. Not everybody has trauma brain, but many, many partners do. Now, you said to me that you wanted to talk with our community um, because one of the greatest issues for a partner is how do I really know if recovery is working? How do I know that he's really working in recovery? And what happens if I kind of think he might be white knuckling it? He's doing a little bit, but it's not enough to really manage the urges and the cravings, the temptations, and the impulses. So share with our listening on a little bit about how partners can really tell if their husband is in true recovery or if he's white-knuckling it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, one of the most popular questions that I receive um, just because, of course, we want to know, right? Of course, we want to know if our husband is doing well because he's doing well or if this is just another facade, right? And I think that it's hard to tell that at first. So what I can say is, yes, you know, do the um, the tracking on the devices. Do all the things that, that help you feel safe, right? Also realize that none of the things like tracking on devices or um, taking technology away or, or any of that, that's all what we call first-order behavior change, right? That helps us to change behavior at first. That isn't the goal, right? So we have to remember that getting so technical and so legalistic within recovery that way can really wrap our mind um, to think, okay, if he's doing this, this, and this, he must be doing well. But realistically, we want heart change. We want to see the root of the issue being dealt with because pornography addiction, sex addiction, all of that, as, as I'm sure you know, it's a medication, right? It's something that is being used so that the person doesn't have to deal with or feel the pain or hurt or whatever it is that they are trying to escape from. It's just like any other kind of drug. Um, so we need to realize that it's more about the root of the issue. It's more about seeing heart change than it is about a checklist. So what I would, for me personally, some of the ways that I knew my husband was different is through who he actually was. And I know that sounds so broad, but I'll break it down. Um, Essentially, our conversations were different. But that was one of the biggest markers. He was more intentional in conversation. He wanted to connect deeper in our conversations. He actually was interested and wanted to hear about my day, about my emotions, about my side of healing. Um, It wasn't, you know, when he was in the thick of addiction, it was much more about you know, the logistics of our day, what we had to do, um, and then how are you? Okay, good. I'm good. And that was really, you know, it. Now our conversations grow much deeper than that. We talk about our dreams. We talk about God. We talk about our spirituality. We're checking in with one another on a deeper, more connected level. So that's one way. Um, Another way is how he views and talks about people. Um, my husband and I were having a conversation just a few months ago, and it was such a light bulb moment for us both. We were at the beach, which can obviously be a huge trigger for a lot, and it was for me for quite a while. Um, And my husband was irritable, and I was irritable because he was irritable. And so later on we talked about it, and I just asked him, hey, what was going on there? You know, I thought you were angry with me. I wasn't really sure what to do with that. Um, and he was able to vocalize, like, hey, I was trying to make sure that I was being um, honoring to you and honoring to our marriage. So I was trying to make sure I wasn't having any sort of viewpoint where there was a half-naked woman in front of me, essentially, right? Um, 
And so it just dawned on me because that didn't even cross my mind because, honestly, we're at a point now it's been almost 10 years. And so it didn't even cross my mind for him to think through that. And so I asked him, is that really a struggle for you at this point? Like, is it a temptation for you to be looking at these women at this point? And he said, you know, not really. I just really wanted to do it more for you so that you wouldn't be triggered. And I told him, you know, honestly, it wasn't a thing for me at all at this point in our, in our relationship. And so we both had this light bulb moment of, Hey, he's looking at people as holistic people. He even said, I see them as children of God. I see them with a story. I see them as, you know, being daughters of someone. I no longer view them as sexual objects. I don't see them as TNA anymore. Right. And it was such a cool moment because that is that heart change piece, right? That is the way that he is no longer um, accepting the worldly view that pornography puts on men. And his brain is changing. And I love that our, our brains, that neuropathways, right, they change. And you can, obviously, it takes some time, but you can change the way that you think about things. And, and that will, that's what was happening here. So that was another another very big marker of noticing, hey, you're different. This is this is really cool, right? Your heart is changing. Another way is our sex life. Our sex life is um, nowhere near what it used to be in a really good way. Um, before it was all about physicality. There was no like deeper connection, and it was not great for me. Right, because we, generally speaking, as women, we crave that connection. We want that that true intimacy, right? And it just wasn't really happening while he was addicted. Through the years in recovery, number one, like he doesn't push me. If I'm not feeling it, he doesn't push me, and he respects that, and he is gracious and kind about that, which was not the case years prior, right? And number two he makes it a point to make sure that we're connecting on an emotional level the entire time. He's checking in with me, making sure I'm okay and making sure that I'm liking what's happening. Right. All of those things. Um, so it is just a all, all around better and more connected experience. Um, and I think lastly for us specifically, because we're Christians, the spirituality piece, and I know uh, we touched on that a bit just with him seeing people holistically, right? But also he is craving God. He is craving that connection with God, and he's craving wanting to be uh, a godly and spiritual leader in our house too, which just was never the case before. And it's evident. It's evident in his behavior. It's evident in our conversations. It's evident in his choices and how he views and treats people. So I think the biggest takeaway, honestly, is heart change because heart and brain change change who you are. And um, if you're constantly making a checklist again of things that need to be done instead of watching for that true underlying root cause being pulled up and treated, um, then that's not going to end well. But I think if you're focused on that root cause and you're focused on that heart change, that one, you'll have a lot more grace for one another. And two, you're going to see real true freedom and healing. Well, you know, one of the things I absolutely know is that um, 
that spiritual connection is so very, very important, and you're so lucky to have that. Um, most of my clients do. And I'll tell you something that I've noticed. You know, I wrote a book on him helping her to heal by empathy. And what I found is even if they don't have empathy initially, they really want to help her heal. And when they practice the steps of empathy over and over and over again, it's a coaching principle. It's, it's as if it teaches them how to have empathy, and then they've got it. And then they love that, and they want more of it. And so it sounds like your husband really, really developed empathy for you, as well as, obviously, he got very connected to the new neural pathways that you have to develop to replace the old ones, right? I mean, the fact that he craved God when he used to crave probably pornography and other things. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Story. Yeah. Um, what do you think is, like I said, I did this Unleashing Your Power workshop, and I'm going to tell you my experience. I find that if women don't really believe he has an addiction and they think it's a choice, it's harder for them to get over it because it triples the wounding, as if the wounding mm-hmm. could get any worse. But if they get that it's an addiction, they have a little bit more compassion and can maybe offer a little bit more grace. But if they don't think it's an addiction, it feels like it was really an attack on them. And I think you said it earlier when you said your husband's addiction started way before he ever met you. Do you find that same thing to be true, that partners that, that can't believe in addiction a little bit more stuck? Yeah, I would agree 100%. Um, And of course it feels like it would be something way harder to bear if it wasn't an addiction, right? If it was something that he was intentionally just choosing to do even though it hurt them. But the reality is, Mm -hmm. let's think about the definition of addiction. Does your spouse know that it's harmful and is it harming them in themselves or in their relationships and yet they're continuing to do it because that's what addiction is, right? People are choosing to do something that they know to be harmful in some facet of life and yet they continue to do it. That is addiction. And so if that's what's happening with your spouse, then coming to terms with the fact that he has an addiction is going to be valuable. And and it's exactly for what you said. It's going to be valuable because you're going to realize that it's disease, not intention, right? And when we're realizing that it's disease, then we can have more grace because it's not about us. It's about them, and it's about what they're struggling with, and it's about finding recovery and getting to that root issue. If it was intention, then it does become about us. Because now all of a sudden we're not good enough because our husband, not out of addiction, is choosing to do something to hurt us. And what I found, and I can confidently say 100% of the time, is that intention piece is not. I think another way to remember that is, again, probably nine times out of ten, if not more, 
your husband has struggled with this way before he met you, way before. Um, and unfortunately, probably really at a young age, like my husband. I think he was around seven or eight. So it's, it's an addiction. And when we can call it that, we can give it more grace, but also we can work together as a team to fight it because we're no longer against each other, right? It's not my husband is doing this behavior to hurt me. It's my husband is struggling with this. And this is not going to be good for him, and it's not good for me, and it's not good for our marriage. We need to fight together so that it's better. So how often do you and your community have women that they just have to separate and divorce because they can't um, tolerate living with somebody that has hurt them so badly? Yeah. Carol, honestly, I don't know that it's a matter of I want to I want to differentiate something. I think that there are a lot of people that separate and divorce because their husbands refuse to get better. Um boundaries have been put in place. Um there are safety plans. All of those things have happened. The wife has truly put in the time and the work as much as she can, right? And the husband still refuses to get better. That is what I see much more than the wife just saying, no, I don't really want to do this. I'm, I'm going to leave. Um, and I think that's, a, you know, it's unfortunate to leave prematurely because things can get better and they can be fixed and your marriage can become fruitful. However, if the husband chooses to not pursue recovery and continually break those boundaries and really you're kind of left with no choice because, well, I guess you still have a choice, but the the choices are, Hey, stay in this marriage and continue to live with someone that just is never going to get help. And then kind of live separately anyway, right? Because you're going to have to find your own life in that Um, or separate. Um, And I do think that there is value in an intentional separation, meaning, um, and I'm sure you're familiar, meaning that, hey, here are the parameters of the separation. Here are the expectations. Let's work together so that we can grow back to one another, right, and then reunite at a certain point. I think there is such value in that, especially in addiction recovery. Um, And when that is done well, then the goal, obviously, is to be reunited and and have a fruitful marriage again. Um, But, again, if the spouse on on either side, really, is unwilling to follow recovery during that separation time, then it'll likely lead to divorce. Yeah, that's a very good point. And, um, see, it's my experience, and I, I get that I write a lot of books on couples staying together so it makes sense that I would get more referrals from couples who want to stay together Um, so my database may be skewed but my experience is most partners want to stay with their husband if they're working good recovery then that improves the safety factor which of course is the first phase of partner betrayal getting them to feel safe is dependent on 
how well he's willing to work on his recovery. Um, And then for her to grieve and mourn and get angry in safe ways, hopefully with a professional that can help walk her through that, is the next step. And then, just like you, Melissa, um, getting them over to post-traumatic growth so that they recognize that, that this should never have happened to them. We've never asked for that. But they have gotten stronger as a result. Now, do you dare go that far and say that? Um, can you repeat that one more time, Carol? I'm sorry. It cut out just a little bit. Yeah, sure. They, um, that third phase, after they do the grieving, the mourning, the anger, they then can head towards post-traumatic growth. And that is when they realize that they have gotten stronger and that in some way, they want to give back. Now, it may not be to a community of partners, or it could, but it, they want purpose in their life again. You know? yeah. I said, do you believe that? Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. And I think that is true across the board, right, with any traumatic experience. Um, and obviously, when you're in the thick of it, you don't really want to hear, hey, your pain has purpose, <laughs> right? That just is not very helpful a lot of the times. And actually, we just watched today a sermon from uh, Life Church, Craig Rochelle, if you're familiar. And it was all about, um, I think it was like three ways to heal from trauma. They're doing a whole uh, mental health segment right now, which I always find valuable and interesting, especially coming from a pastoral role. And so he was talking about the, that exact same thing, right? How we as people likely have all been through something hurtful or traumatic, right? We live in a broken world. That's just kind of how it is. Um, and so he went on to talk about how, you know, going through healing, obviously have a professional come walk alongside you and be able to process through those things, be able to um, – if you are a spiritual person, if you are a Christian, be able to reach out to God and, 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 you know, really invite God into that process as well. And just as you're saying, right, that growth after the grieving, after all of that that happens, enables us to and use it for good. Just like what it says biblically, right, that God uses all things for good. Um, and I think that does happen quite often. A lot of the groups, um, I I do lead some group coaching sometimes on the community, and a lot of the women in those groups, towards the end of our time together even, think about, hey, how can I help other women in this situation? What does that look like for me? You know, tangibly, is it like an in-person group, or do I just walk alongside just one person that I know? Um, and I think that is that's so powerful, and that's so wonderful, and it does give you purpose in it, not saying that you went through it to do that, right, because that's not the case, but taking what happened and allowing God to create something beautiful out of it is so life-giving, not just to you, but also to the people around you. Well, you certainly have been an inspiration. You give a lot of hope, and I want to remind everybody that I am just having the best time talking with Melissa Ruff, and she is working with a community that really 
does a great job of providing free services um, to partners to help support them. And that website to get to that community is www.livefreewives.org. And don't be scared by this, but there are close to a thousand women. Uh, and you can imagine that they do a good job of breaking them down and breaking them up in manageable chunks and figuring out how to serve them. So, Melissa, thank you so much for spending time with me today. Yeah, you know, thank you for having me on here. I appreciate it. It is a blast talking to you. Oh, anytime. Come back and let us know what you're doing, okay? Perfect. Right. Thank you. So, again, that's Melissa Ruff, and she has developed this community all from a very small group of people and um, to a thousand strong, which says this is so epidemic. All right. I got to run. Got another client to see. It's a Sunday. I am just back from Florida, and I feel so blessed to be able to be with you today. As I say at the end of every show, there will only be one of you at all times fearlessly have the courage to be yourself. We'll see you next week.